Hey there, it's Vashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And for those who this is not your first time, welcome back. Hey guys, so today I have one of my friends, Michelle, and she will be talking about the fairness or let's just say unfairness of God that we might feel from time to time. Michelle and I have known each other for quite some time. It's been a couple years and she's just been a real role model for me, not just in terms of just friendship and how she is and what she's accomplished as a businesswoman, but also in her spiritual life. She's extremely grounded and rooted in God's word. So today I have the pleasure of just hearing from her. You have the pleasure of hearing from her. And I know she's going to speak truth and power, um, God's truth and powerful truth that will hopefully encourage you. So Michelle, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Hey, everyone. My name is Michelle McCracken. I am 37. Um, been married for about 17 years now. I'm a mom of two and a recent breast cancer survivor, and most importantly, a believer in Christ. Awesome. Awesome. So Michelle, let's just jump right into the topic for today, because I feel like we have a lot to unpack. Yes. When it comes to the unfairness of God, have you ever felt that God has been unfair to you? Maybe someone you know, where you were just like, you know what, Lord, this, this just isn't right. Like what's going on? That's not fair. Yes, um, definitely. I mean, I feel like we're all, we always go through times where we just kind of feel like we were a Delta bum card. Um, but there's just these huge parts of life where you're just taken through a real challenge or life struggle. Um, and you really just get to that point where you're like, why, Lord, why is this happening to me? I didn't do anything to deserve this. Or, you know, like, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really like, there's just these instances in life that come up that are completely unexpected. And it really just kind of throws you for a loop. So all you can do is at some point is say, why, God, why is this happening to me? Right. Like through the first few months of, you know, learning I had cancer, I was diagnosed back in August of 2020. And um, the first few months was a lot of, you know, why is this happening? Um did I bring this on myself? Mm. God, I don't see why you're doing this. Why are you allowing this to happen? Um, Just a lot of questions go through your mind when you're hit with something, you know, like breast cancer. Um, And it does, you know, sometimes you get to that point where it just kind of seems unfair. It's why does my husband have to see me go through this? Why Mm. does my husband have to go through this? Because it affects him and my children just as much as it affected me. Right. Um, You know, even my parents, it affects a lot of people when somebody you love is going through something this difficult. So it's a lot of questions um, and a lot of, you know, seeking. Yeah. So how did you navigate through that? Because that's hard. Well, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of stages to it. It's a lot for any one person to take in just hearing, you know, I have cancer. Um, but there's so many things that can happen to you throughout treatment process um, that you're just not expecting and that you, you know, you can talk to doctors all day long, but you still <laughs> feel unprepared for certain things. Right. Um, you know, even after I was told multiple times that I had caught it early, yeah, 
let it, you know, the chances of it spreading were slim. Um, I had gone through multiple tests before deciding to, you know, the doctors decided to go through surgery first. And even after having lymph nodes biopsied, because one of the tests showed that one was uh, swollen, Mm -hmm. even after having lymph nodes biopsied, I went through surgery um, to have the mass removed. And after surgery, it was about a six hour process. It was a very invasive surgery. It was reconstruction and everything included um, all at once. And even after having the extra biopsy done, I was told after the surgery was over that I had three cancerous lymph nodes in addition to the mass that they had removed that they originally found. So that was a big blow. Hmm. You know, I was... And it may have just been wishful thinking on my part, but it really was, you know, I was given the hope that I was just going to have to have surgery and be done. Right. And so to wake up and feel the way that you do after a huge surgery like that, um, you know, it's like I had a scar from hip to hip. I had scars in my chest area, of course, and feeling the way that you do and then hearing that kind of news just really hits you hard. And so I came home. And I was pretty much immobile. I couldn't brush my own hair. My husband had to lift me up out of the chair that I had to sleep in for the first two, almost three months because I couldn't lie flat. Right. Um, You know, you're just from going completely independent to driving yourself wherever you want to go. You know, all these things that you kind of take for granted sometimes to one day just suddenly having to depend on so many people to take care of you and not being able to move. Um, it really was a dark time. It's what I refer to as my dark time. Mm-hmm. And so trying to navigate through that um, was really, really difficult. And a lot of times people want to start, you know, filling your head with all these scripture verses, which is great. <laughs> There's nothing against that at right. all. Um, but the struggle within you to find the joy and the encouragement in those scripture verses really does get a lot more difficult. And mm-hmm. there's scripture verses that you could know every single day, right. you know, and Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, their plans to for good and not for disaster to give you future and hope. You know, there's scripture verses like that that are supposed to lift you up and remind you that God has a plan. But at the same time, you struggle to see that plan. Um, when you're feeling so badly, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, Romans eight twenty eight. we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him right. and are called according to his purpose, you know, but I sit there and I'm like, God, I just don't see how you're going to work this for my good. You know, yeah. now I have these extra lymph nodes that they found. I'm going to have to go through chemo. It's not something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that the doctor said I was going to have to do, that I was expecting to have to go through. But here I am. I'm, you know, immobile and left with my thoughts. And so the scripture verses, while they are meant well and while you should seek the word, um, I find that in that dark time that I had, it wasn't what I felt like was really helping me get through. And so what I found was, you know, through all the prayer and everything, it was just almost constant prayer because there's so much fear that's involved with this kind of diagnosis. Mm, And so a lot of times when I'm, you know, when I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, why aren't you talking to me? Lord, why aren't you telling me that I'm going to be okay? Why aren't Mm. you telling me that 
you know, speak to me. Like I wanted to hear an audible voice, you know, I wanted God to be like, you'll be okay. I wanted, you know, I wanted a dream. Give me right. a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, I want something. Give me something that's evidence. Right. That gives me, you know, that without a doubt, peace in my heart that I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. And so struggling with not getting that kind of um, word is difficult. Mm-hmm. And so I found what really helped me was praise. And huh. Worship music became my life at that point. And, you know, this is coming from a person who was on worship teams since high school. Mm -hmm. You know, my sister and I grew up singing together. Um, I think the first time I sang in front of a crowd, I was six. We sang El Shaddai by Amy Grant. And, you know, it really did take this moment in time for me to realize how important, how incredibly important worship is. And, you know, at that time, even before I was, um, I had gone through surgery, one of my friends posted a song by Maverick City Music, and they're super popular right now. Yeah. But this was before they even were on the radio stations. And so he posted this song um, that's called The Story I'll Tell. And he just happened to post it. It didn't have any kind of long message or anything mm-hmm. with it. It was just kind of like, hey, I just wanted to share this song. It's really good kind of post. Right. And so... I listened to it and the very first words, I'm not even kidding. The very first line in the song says the hour is dark and it's hard to see what you're doing here in the ruins and where this will lead. Mm. And I just like started crying. And that song, it goes on to say, I'll testify of the seas that we've crossed and the waters that you've parted and the waves that I've walked singing, Oh, my God did not fail. Mm. And so this song really just filled me with hope because it just reminded me that even though I don't see the plans, God has the plans. And I need to be reminded to trust in that. And eventually this will be part of my testimony. Yeah. You know, no matter how difficult it is now, no matter how many days I cry, um, it's going to be part of my testimony one day. And so I really just, that became my anthem. It was, I listened to it every single day, multiple times Mm. um, up until surgery. And then after surgery happened um, and I got that horrible news, you know, I'm at home, I'm sitting in my chair and I'm watching YouTube songs Mm -hmm. while I read or while I I spent a lot of time coloring (laughs) just because, you know, you run out of things to do. Right. (laughs) Gotta be creative. (laughs) Yes. So my mom bought me coloring books and my mom, bless her heart. She was here every single day taking care of me. David Mm -hmm. was here with me the first, David's my husband. He was here with me the first week and then he went back to work and my mom was here every single day. And she was uh, taking care of me and just kind of hanging out with me all day. So she bought me coloring books and I was doing all that stuff. So I was sitting there coloring, I think, and I was listening to worship songs shuffle through YouTube. And this other song came on called Promises. And of course, again, it's by Maverick City. (laughs) (laughs) They're so good. They are. Um, And so some of the lyrics in that song just hit me mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks. And again, this is what I refer to as my dark time because it really was difficult to try to remain positive mm-hmm. and keep that same mind, you know, trusting in the Lord. And so in this song, it says through the storm, though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. Great is your faithfulness to me. I'll still bless you in the middle of the storm mm-hmm. and in the middle of my trials. I'll still bless you in the middle of the road when I don't know where to go. 
And I really was just in a point where I was in the middle of the road and I could not see what was next. Right. And to hear this song again, you know, just breaks me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord. All right, Lord, this is what you're telling me. I get it. Okay. So that really just kind of, you know, and, and that's just a couple of examples. Right. And I really feel like looking back, like the Lord was speaking to me. It may not have been in the way that I asked him to. Yep. It may not have been, you know, you are healed or, you know, given me a dream or something like that. But he really did put these songs in my path so that he could use those words to speak to me and to calm my spirit yeah. and to take care of my heart while I was going through such difficult times. So would you say that is it or is it fair to say that you maybe questioned the goodness of God during that dark time? I would say definitely. Yeah. And I, honestly, it just is a matter of my own human weakness mm -hmm. that I question. And, um, you know, it just... I hate to say it, and I've asked God for forgiveness yeah. many times because you hate to be weak. You hate to be vulnerable. Right. And you hate to get to that point where you're saying, why, God, why is this happening? Why mm -hmm. did you do this? You know, this isn't fair. I didn't deserve this. Right. So for listeners who are maybe questioning, is it okay to question? I, I think even for me sometimes, because I want to be, you know, that Christian that always, you know, runs to the Lord and has faith and never doubts, would you say it's okay to question God's goodness? And if it is okay, then what can we do even in our doubt? So here's the thing. I can't just answer this question with a yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it like this. It's okay to question God mm -hmm. as long as you're seeking him for the answers. That's good. And you know, like saying, God, I don't know why you're doing this, but I'll continue to look to you. Please show me what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's tons of people in the Bible who question God. And, you know, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And mm -hmm. that's in Psalms um, 32, verse 8. It may not be in our timing and it may not be the way that we want it to be, or, you know, his, his way of handling the situation may not be how we would have handled the situation, right? But he's going to do it because he's watching over us. And it's in his timing and not our own. Mm -hmm. You know, if you question God, and then you go to the world and look for your answers, you're missing out on all the critical comfort and the peace that he provides during that hardship or trial. Mm -hmm. You know, you're missing out on the times where you need to sit still and be quiet and listen for his answers. Mm. You know, I mean, and I mean, like I said, there's so many people in the Bible that question God. You know, Mary, the first thing that she said when she was told that she was going to bear a son, which was Jesus Christ, was how can this be? I'm a virgin. Yep. You know, like yeah. that was her first instinct was to question. Um, there's just, you know, Moses, same thing. He questioned, who am I? to appear before the Pharaoh mm -hmm. to lead the people out of Egypt. Yeah. You know, um, there's just such a long list. I mean, one of my favorites, I will tell you though, is Habakkuk. Oh, yes. <laughs> the questions, mm -hmm. um, you know, he, 
literally was like, how long, Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. He literally like, that's boldness if you're going to talk to God that way. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's Habakkuk 1, chapter 1, verse 2. He's like, how long must I call for help? But you do not listen. Mm -hmm. Violence is everywhere. And I cry, but you do not come to save. You know, like how many times do we feel like that? Like we're crying out and everything around us is just not fair. It's just not fair, Lord. I don't understand this. It's just not fair. Why don't you see me? Mm. You know, but I mean, even with, with Habakkuk, he, he was used, he went back in chapter three, there's only three chapters in Habakkuk, but in the third chapter, my favorite verse has to be 17 through 19. When he says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength and he makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. Mm. Like that is just some awesome word. Yep. And if you can't find encouragement in that, <laughs> you know, I read that. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, you okay, know, God, for... I trust you now. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's just certain times looking back where I'm just, you know, Lord, I just have to trust you. It's mm-hmm. all I can do. Yep. I literally have no strength. I can't even get up out of this chair. All I can do is trust you. Mm. But you know what? Sometimes it sucks. Yep. And it's hard Mm -hmm. and nobody likes being tested in this way. Nobody likes being uncomfortable. Nobody likes, you know, having their finances tested. Nobody likes having their marriages tested. Mm. You know, nobody likes their job 24 seven. Right. But to be able to look through all of those things and still find that you need to rejoice in the Lord and that he's going to be your strength is, is the challenge. Yeah. One of the biggest things that God has always reminded me whenever I go through just really tough times of doubting is trust my heart. And it's spot on to what you said, where you can doubt as long as you're still seeking him. And in trusting his heart, we have to seek, we have to press in, even when it's difficult. The only way I can trust my father's heart is if I know his heart. Um, But it's hard. It is hard sometimes. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And, you know, I will make one more note on this subject, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and going back to just so many people, there's just such a long list of people who questioned what God was doing in their lives in the word. And Gideon is just a prime example of that, too. And in the end, you know, after everything that God had brought him through, and this is all found in, in Judges, the Israelites came to him and said, hey, will you be our ruler now? because he just defeated the Midianites Mm -hmm. and freed the Israelites once once again. (laughs) And, you know, they said, they came up to him and said, hey, will you be our ruler now? And he said, no. He said, no, I will not be your ruler. The Mm -hmm. Lord will be your ruler. You know, so on that note, it's important when you are trying to navigate through these things that you remember to give God the glory when you come through the other side. Yeah. So what's one thing you want to encourage listeners who might be feeling that God's been unfair to them? I mean, we're going to get into the practical steps, but in terms of encouraging someone that's probably driving to work right now, 
maybe sipping on their coffee. And this is exactly spot on what they're going through. They just feel like God's been unfair to them. What would you want to encourage them? I would say that I know that situations can be hard and I know that they can take you through dark times. I know that you may not see him in your situation right now, and it may not be until a year later, like my situation, Mm -hmm. when you really start to see all of the places where God has moved, but just believe and know that he is moving. If you're seeking him through this situation, he is moving things for your good. He is working things and putting things in place that you don't even see. He's working out your needs that you don't even necessarily have yet in this situation, but you will tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He's with you and he is taking care of you, whether you see it or not, whether it's according to your timing or not. So you just need to stand firm in that. Um, I like the way that Pastor Rick Warren says it. I was, when I was laid up in that chair, I tell you, I was listening to so many different pastors and sermons. Mm -hmm. Thank God for YouTube because I was just listening to everything. So Pastor Warren, Rick Warren says the blessing comes after the testing. Mm. And like, just hold on to that because, you know, this is just a chapter in your story. And once you get through the other side, you'll be able to say, yes, God walked me through that. The Lord carried me through that. So moving on to our last question or last point that we're going to tackle. We talked about encouraging. Now, what practical steps can listeners take to begin to trust God when it seems unfair? Or maybe practical steps that they can just stick in their pockets for when that testing does come around. Because the Bible says, you know, count count it all joy when you go through trials of many kinds. It's not if, um, but it's a when. You know, we we will go through trials. We live in a fallen world. There are things that happen that we probably don't have the answer to. But when we go through trials of many kinds, what are those practical steps we can take? God is so good, let me tell you, because that is you hit the nail on the head right there. Because my very first thing that I would say is remind yourself of the joy. Mm through praise, you know, through the word. And I even put on, on my notes here, I said, read James one, (laughs) two through three, read it every single day, keep it in your pocket, put it on your mirror in your bathroom so that you can read it when you're getting ready in the morning. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Mm -hmm. And that is probably the most difficult scripture to grasp when you're in the middle of the hard time. Yep. Trying to find that joy and hanging on to that joy is really, really difficult. And you know, when I say God is good and he works everything for your good, it's funny because I I hung on to this verse and was struggling to find the joy. And the very first day that I started chemotherapy, the very first person to stick a needle in me that day was named Nurse Joy. Oh, wow. I kid you not. And that alone made such an impact on me. And she really was a joyful person. She was the happiest nurse in the months that I was going through chemotherapy that I had ever come across. And I think 
you know, I truly believe that God put her in place just to bring me that joy Mm. that I needed to see. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I would definitely say is just hold on to that verse and just remind yourself daily of the things that you have to be joyful about. Mm. And it could be super simple. It's just starting your day with the attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it could be something as simple as, Lord, thank you for this bed that I have to sleep in that's given me rest. Yeah. You know, it could be something that small. But if you're starting your day with that kind of thankfulness and reminding yourself of the things that bring you joy, then that alone will help in guarding your heart and guarding your mind Mm -hmm. through these hard times. God's molding you and it hurts. but Try to look past that by praising his name and giving him the glory, you know, giving him glory for what you know that he's going to accomplish. I remember I was watching something on TV and this um, commercial was kind of a commercial was like a YouTube ad, I think, um, came on and it was a Christian singer. And for the life of me, of course, I cannot remember his name now, but he literally was talking about how he was, it was the start of the pandemic and everybody was in seclusion and he was lonely and sad. And he really didn't feel like giving God praise in that moment because he was just struggling so much, but he made himself sit down and write. And he wrote some of the songs that we listen to on the worship radio stations today through all of those dark times that everybody was going through at that point. Right. You know, but God used him because he sat and reminded himself of some joy and reminded himself of what God can do. And I think that that's just so powerful. Um, I'd also say to guard your heart and your mind. It's really, really important. Don't allow yourself to stay in that state of fear or in that state of questioning God. Vocalize your your questions to him. Vocalize your feelings because God already knows your feelings. But there's something therapeutic about vocalizing them out loud. Something that releases in your spirit when you tell God, yes, I'm struggling and I don't know why you did this. (laughs) You know, there's something, there's healing power in that. So I would say guard your heart and your mind and vocalize those things and then move past those things and start to look to the word, start to look to um, people who can walk alongside you. I had so many people praying for me that I didn't even know. Yeah. You know, like my grandmother, she was my one of my biggest advocates. She was going to the Y to ask her friends to pray for me. So next thing you know, I'm getting messages from people saying that I'm in their prayer chain at their church and I don't even know what church they go to. Wow. But it's things like that. You need to walk alongside somebody. Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. And if you go through and you read the rest of that verse, there's a lot of good notes on there. It even goes on to say that three three are better than two. But find people who can help you navigate your situation, whether it be a pastor or, you know, a friend who you know who goes to this church and has a relationship with the Lord. There's always somebody who can who you can find to encourage you and to be a partner in prayer with you alongside those those times. 
So, Michelle, before we wrap this up, if you have any other points, go ahead and share it. But I also wanted to ask you, I know I never asked you this, but would you be able, I feel in my heart that maybe someone who will be playing this either the date launches or maybe a year from now, um, someone needs prayer. So if you wouldn't mind closing us out in prayer after you share any last points that you have, go ahead and just pray for that person that just needs that encouragement, who's doubting the goodness of God. Mm, Yes. You know, um, I think that I pretty much hit everything that I wanted to, Mm -hmm. but I will remind you of the power of praising God Um, through Habakkuk 3.1, where it says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He is my, he makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. And I don't know if you've ever actually looked or watched as a deer ran across the road or leaped over a fence. But when it says to make me as sure-footed as the deer, I don't know why that touches me so much because I think it's probably because I'm, by nature, a very clumsy person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. If anybody in my family is going to fall, it's going to be me. And to be as sure-footed as a deer, to be so confident in every leap that you have to make um, really is something to work towards. Mm -hmm. And God is the only one who can make you as sure-footed as a deer. Yeah. And I feel like that's just such a beautiful image that you can run through whatever situation you're going through with that promise that God has made you, that he will carry you through. Mm. And um, I think that's just a beautiful thing. So I will end it on that. And yes, I would love to say a prayer for anyone who is um, struggling right now. So Father God, Lord Jesus, we love you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory in all things, even the difficult things, Father God. I lift up every person whose ear is upon this podcast, Father. I ask for peace, Father God. I ask for that peace that passes all understanding, Lord, because we don't know, we don't understand what's going on. We're lost most of the time, especially in these days. And you know what? It just can get so overwhelming and so difficult, Father. But we lift it up to you and we say, Lord, we are going to trust you. We are going to love you. We are going to praise you through this storm. And we trust, Lord, that you are working all things out for our good and that you will bring us out on the other side of this, Lord. You will make us as sure-footed as a deer, Father God. And we put our trust and our faith in you, Lord Jesus. We ask that you would just dwell in our hearts, Father, and lead us and guide us, Father God. Give us people in our lives, Father, who can help us and walk alongside us, Lord, who can pray with us and encourage us, Father. We just ask for your peace and your patience, Father, as we go through these things, Lord. We just pray over each and every situation, whether it be finances, whether it be marriage, whether it be physical illness, Lord. We just pray over every single person who listens to this, Father God, and we ask for peace. And we ask that you would just be in control and see each and every one of us through these things, Father God. We put our trust in you and we put our our praise and our glory goes to you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast and for being vulnerable 
for sharing your heart and most importantly, sharing truth. And that truth always points us back to to Jesus and his heart. So thank you so much. I pray that someone was touched by this. I know I was. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy. I was so excited about this. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Of course. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate you. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog Podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.